everyone. If I sound mildly uh, labored and indifferent, uh, I will say that I'm recording this rant after having bitten the daylights out of my tongue. And I mean something awful. I, I really fanged it. And it's not just figurative this time, it's literal. Oh boy, does that hurt. Um, but it's uh, today's episode is a rant on Cleveland baseball. So if you're from Cleveland, please do stick around. And if you're not, stick around anyway. Maybe you'll learn a, a few things about uh, how a Cleveland sports fan thinks. Um, meanwhile, I think we're going to have some ice cream and try to cool this off. Ow. I've just read the news that it's officially official that uh, Jose Ramirez is going to stay with Cleveland. He's re-signing multi-year deal, and it's going to be rather lucrative, and that's wonderful. Uh, to see that the uh, best third baseman in all of baseball has decided to take a home run discount, and quite a substantial one, all experts agree, uh, quite a substantial hometown discount to be here is wonderful. What's icing on the cake, what's even better is one of the main things that they were disagreeing about that was holding them up was apparently that he wanted a full no-trade clause. He wanted to stay in Cleveland. He was adamant he did not want to be traded. He wanted to be in Cleveland and nowhere else. And this isn't a one-year deal or two-year deal. This is a big deal. Now, it is a wondrous thing that this has happened. I'm ecstatic about it. But immediately on Twitter, immediately, the apologists come out. You see, Dolan loves to spend money on the team. Dolan's been very generous with his money. Why are you people so critical of Dolan? Well, here, here, let's, let's break it down for you a little bit. They, they say that this abstains the Dolans from their shenanigans, that this deal makes it all better. And, we, the fans, the actual fans, say, no, no, that's not the case. And, of course, they clench their little fists and they get stompy foot. And some some of the people in the Cleveland media who love to stick up for Paul Dolan, uh, they're dear friends that go back years, decades in some cases. And I'm not sure, you know, uh, I'm not going to speculate why that is, why they're so adamant about sticking up for the Dolans. But I will say that it's a bit misguided. And, and they like to use the same argument and to encapsulate that, to, to melt it down, it's remember the good times. Often they will point to players that, that Cleveland has signed on one-year deals, uh, you know, and that are seemingly healthy-looking deals, that are no longer here. And I want to take that and 
turn it back around and show them this. And I will show all of you right now. Do yourself this favor. Go back and look at the 2016 World Series team. The roster that we had in Game 7 against the Cubs when we were uh, when we were tortured to death with how things ended with after a spectacular season what happened okay look at that roster and then compare it to this year's opening day roster you know how many players they have in common two two Everybody else is gone. Now, coincidentally, who are those two players? Well, there was Brian Shaw and Jose Ramirez. That's it. If Jose Ramirez had been traded before opening day, which was the rumor up until this morning, the only player left on the roster from the World Series that we want to remember oh so fondly, where we got beaten by the lovable losers, the Cubs, and Joe Buck ran out of lube on national TV due to due to Kyle Schwarber that whole thing there's only one player had Jose Ramirez been traded there was only one player left from our World Series team that we're supposed to remember fondly forever and ever and ever amen by the way 2016 was already 6 years ago okay so that one player was Brian Shaw, who, by the way, if you go back and look at Twitter, a lot of a lot of fans argued that the reason we didn't win that World Series was the play of Brian Shaw. And Brian Shaw had left town and came back, if I'm not mistaken, please fact check this, that he came back on a minor league deal. And everybody was like, oh, that's pretty neat. It's nice to have him back. I mean, our bullpen has been absolute shambles at times without him. And he came back and he performed admirably. And we're all happy to have him back. But had Jose Ramirez been traded, the only player left is Brian Shaw. Now, just be honest, dear listener. Whether you're in Cleveland or around the world, feel free to play along. If Brian Shaw licked you on the nose, would you know who Brian Shaw is? Probably not. Unless you're sitting around just absolutely die-hard dedicated, you would not know who Brian Shaw was. If you saw him, I mean, you you know the name maybe because you follow baseball well enough, but the average casual fan 
that that uh, is involved in watching baseball in this town or any other is not going to know Brian Shaw on site. Will they know Jose Ramirez? Oh, that's that's quite possible. Yes. Now, up until this morning, he was on the trade block, and they've made no secret about that. The Padres were this close, and you know that apparently it was the no-trade clause that Jose Ramirez had dug in his heels on and said, I want this. And if they had not come to terms, he was going to be traded to the San Diego Padres. And we would have been left with nothing more than Brian Shaw from the 2016 World Series roster, the last time we went to the World Series. So you want to win uh, win over the public? Let's break down how this works. See, it's okay that you went to the World Series in 2016. No one's saying you didn't. No one is saying that at at times you didn't spring for a one-year or, in some cases, half-year contract for someone that people have heard of. We're not saying that. What we're saying is six years ago, there are some players who they're in a system for three or four years before they even see the field. Six years ago, only two players remain, and one was nearly traded, the one that just signed this morning. And the other one was one that, while it's nice to have, there were reasons why the fan, some fans weren't all that sad to see him go when he went the first time. Now, granted, again, we're happy he's back. We're happy that he's performing well. We're happy that he's still with the team and helping out the bullpen because we need it. All right? But the average fan does not know Brian Shaw. They know Jose Ramirez. And if Jose Ramirez had gone to the Padres and the Padres had inevitably gone to the World Series, I think, I think that would have been a much bigger deal than Jose Ramirez signing where he very clearly wants to be. He accepted less money to be here. The demand that nearly didn't get the trade done was, or the the signing done, was that he wanted a no-trade clause. He didn't want to be traded. And yes, Cleveland, that means that Paul Dolan was arguing he didn't want a no-trade clause. Okay, do you understand that? Is everybody clear there? Now, let's go back in time. Let's hop aboard the TARDIS, and we're going to go back in time, Cleveland. And I want to, I want to, to, to paint a picture for you, and I want to help certain people, certain friends in, in this town, understand why one signing of a player that we already had who wanted to be here and was nearly traded does not absolve anything. So let's start here. 
Let's go back to 1948, the last time the Indians actually won the World Series. My mother was an infant. My mother was an infant the last time the Indians won the World Series. I was very much not alive. Okay? But my mom became a big fan. She became a big fan of the team, and from birth to death, she wore Chief Wahoo gear. She played baseball. She played in school. She played for the church league. She played for uh, when when the uh, the place she worked at the time had a softball league. She played there. She she played first base. She would pitch at times. She would catch at times, and she played right field at times. I'm told she had a pretty nice bat as well. She was a very passionate fan of the Cleveland Indians, and she raised me to be so. Now, she kind of remembered 1954 when they went back to the World Series, but they lost. Now, after that, the Indians didn't do so well. Let's be real. Yes, they had good players here and they had good players there, but they didn't do so well. So along come the 60s, and the Browns went out and won championships under Paul Brown and Blanton Collier and, and Jim Brown and Otto Graham and so on. They went out and they dominated. So this is when my mom goes off into the world. She's graduated high school. She goes off into the world, right? She, by the time she graduates high school, she still has not seen another good Indians team. She has not seen a World Series. We're going to keep going because I, I, I think I, I'm worried that I've lost you. So let's keep going in the hopes that you see the light. Now, we go off into the 70s. And yes, again, they've got some, the Indians had some good players. Sure they did. Did they win any World Series? No. Did the Browns win any uh, more Super Bowls? No. But... In this town, the Browns were, were, were still the champions, still fresh in the minds. Think of it how people today think of the 2016 Cavs. As far as so many millennials and Zoomers go, the 2016 LeBron team is the end-all and be-all of human existence. That's how it was for the 70s here in Cleveland. Yes, again, people did watch the Indians, and sure, they had some decent players, but did they win any World Series? No. No. So this town became Brownstown. This goes on into the 80s. Let's talk about the 80s. Now, I had the magazine with Joe Carter and Corey Snyder and, and those those players represented on the uh, the the uh, front cover of Sports Illustrated, suggesting that we were World Series bound. It was really exciting. Did that happen? Not at all. Not at all. And meanwhile, you had the miracle of Richfield as the Cavs come into the mix. 
You have Brian Sipe and the Cardiac Kids, and then Bernie Kosar. Now, again, the last World Series win was 1948. My mother was an infant. The Browns had been winners in the 60s. The Browns had fought this stern, stern rivalry with, with the Pittsburgh Steelers in the 70s and watched the Steelers be good. But here it was the 80s, and we had Sipe, and then we had Bernie Kosar and Schottenheimer and, and the Dog Pound. It was exciting. It was thrilling. And meanwhile, here was my mom taking me to Indians games, and without having to raise my voice, I could greet Corey Snyder and Joe Carter while they were on the field. It was that quiet in there. Now, so we have the years of Bernie Kosar. And then the Cavs with Mark Price and Brad Doherty and Lenny Wilkins. Exciting basketball. Now, here's what's important about this before I go further. You talk about the shot. Yes, yes, we're heralding the amazing performance by Michael Jordan. Why does Cleveland talk about the shot so much? Because without Michael Jordan in the way, the Cavs most likely would have gone to the finals, and we very well could have won a championship. But night in and night out, that team was damn fun to watch. Why do we talk about the drive and the fumble and Red Ride 88? Because without those things, we tell ourselves we win the AFC Championship game, we go to the Super Bowl, anything could have happened. Meanwhile, here it is, the 80s, I'm turning 10, and the World Series was 40 years ago. So now let's go into the 90s. Bill Belichick shoes Bernie Kosar out the door. Things start to wane. Then Art Modell picks up the team and leaves. And what do we have left? Well, Mark Price and the boys had retired or moved on. What was left? The Indians under Dick Jacobs. And the Indians under Dick Jacobs and John Hart had all-stars and gold gloves at every position. And in 1995, they had the most exciting baseball team I can recall. And the reason for that is I can still recall to this day the lineup Okay, And the really neat thing about it is, went to the World Series in 95, went to the World Series in 97, and people still blame Jose Mesa and the ninth for keeping us from a World Series championship. But we had a 100-game win season. We had exciting baseball, we had all-stars, we had gold gloves, we were dominant. 
and things were looking great for the tribe. We had a lot of hope. And then Albert Bell leaves town. Off he goes for his big contract where he had it set stipulated that he had to be, I believe it was the top three. Again, feel free to fact check this. Albert Bell leaves town and says he's got to be in the top three paid players in all of Major League Baseball. Remember that? I do. The Cavs, not so good. And here come the Browns again. Here come the Browns again, and and now after a short stint where the Indians were the thing to see in this town, that's why we had the sellout streak. That's why Tom Hamilton, there's a sound clip of him saying, this place is vibrating. As the players from the 95 Indians began to leave, be shown the door, to retire, be traded, whatever it was, one by one, out the door they went. Here came the Browns back. Were they terrible? Yeah. But every year, we were drafting a new quarterback. Every year, we were hiring a new head coach. And we kept telling ourselves, this is going to be the year, buddy. This is going to be the year that we're going to find our new Bernie Kosar. This is going to be the year that we're going to find our next Marty Schottenheimer. And by golly, we're going to get back there. And then we are going to finally win our next championship that we've been waiting on since our our parents and grandparents saw it in the 60s. And the Cavs were... Decent, but terrible, usually. And the Indians were pretty bad. Now, along comes LeBron, right? And for that first seven years, they were decent and they were exciting, but did they win anything? They didn't win doodly squat. And the Browns kept plodding along. Here's a new quarterback. Here's a new head coach. Here's a new quarterback. Here's a new head coach. Did the Indians do a lot to under under Paul Dolan? Did they do a lot to to steal that thunder to make it Indians town to pounce when the Browns were terrible? No. No. Yes, they went out and they got they they went out and they paid Nick Swisher and Michael Bourne and Drew Stubbs, and we were supposed to be over the moon. They brought in Yonder Alonso, and they brought in uh, Edwin Encarnacion for a year, and they brought in this person for a year and this person for a half year, and they would scratch and they would claw, and they would manage to get to the playoffs, usually back their way into a wild card or whatever it may be. And yes, they made it to the World Series. But every time they would bring in an exciting player that this town could latch on to, was there a LeBron in the mix? Was there a Bernie Kosar in the mix? No. Was there a Mark Price in the mix? No. Was there a Kenny Lofton or a Carlos Baerga even? No. Because they were here for a year, maybe two, 
gone. Year, maybe two, gone. You're saying, oh, but the pitching, but the pitching. How many, how many Cy Young Award winners aren't here anymore? They're gone. All traded. Oh, well, they weren't going to sign here anyway. No one wants to play in Cleveland. Uh, Folks, I think the best third baseman in baseball just proved otherwise. And what, what changed? They paid him, and they showed him loyalty. He stayed. Imagine that. But I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself. I'm not, I've, I'm not quite done painting the picture here. Yes, we went to the World Series in 2016. What else happened? What else happened in 2016? LeBron won us a championship. Oliver Bjorkstrand and the Monsters won us a championship. And, and, and the Indians went and did a belly flop against the Cubs. And then the fire sale began again. And again, and again, and again, and again, and again. Every player that we want to latch on to as a a fan base in this town, Paul Dolan shows them the door. Today, he finally says, okay, we're going to keep him. But it took a lot of negotiating and a lot of mercy, quite frankly, on Jose Ramirez's part. To give us the substantial hometown discount he did. And I'm, I'm so sorry. I know you hate for me to point this out. If he would have gone to the Yankees or the Dodgers, they would have paid him infinitely more. I guarantee it. But he wanted to be here. It's not the owner he loves. It's not the stadium. It's not the corner bar out in right field. It's not the Jumbotron. It's the fan base. The fan base that loves and respects him. We're passionate in this town about baseball. When you give us someone to latch on to and don't fire sale them away because you don't want to pay them and you you sustain growth and win, you will get butts in the seats. That's proven. Yes, but we made it into the playoffs and this year and this year, uh uh-huh, you backed in this year, you backed in that year, you backed in this year, and absolutely none of those players are here. Who do you want us to latch on to? If Jose Ramirez had gone to the Padres yesterday, or today, mind you, if that if that signing hadn't happened and he'd been traded, you're asking us to remember the good times with Brian Shaw, who half of this city did not like because he played poorly in our eyes, right or wrong, when he was here the first time. And you and you want us to just go, well, okay, we're we're gonna remember the good times with Brian Shaw. So we're keeping Jose Ramirez. It's a wonderful thing. 
It's an excellent thing. It's an amazing thing. And to hear that he said he, he was adamant that he did not want to be traded. He wanted a no-trade clause. You're not going to get rid of him that easily, Paul Dolan. You're stuck with a star for once. But does it abstain from all the times that they sent Cy Young Award winners and power bats packing? No. Does it make up for we had the all-star game because you sold out the name of the team and we finally get the all-star game and it's not Indians on the field, but boy, do those faces look familiar. Hey, look, there's Michael Brantley in a completely different uniform. Hey, look, there's Yandy Diaz in a different uniform. Hey, look, there's uh, Giovanni Urshela in a different uniform. We're seeing all-stars come up and out of the, the Indians organization. We sure do. And you know what we see? We see them in another uniform. Finally, finally, today, we get some relief from that trend. One player. Now, let's look at the rest of the roster. I'm not saying that there aren't some players that excite me to at least some extent. uh, Stephen Kwan, I am thrilled to see Stephen Kwan. I think Stephen Kwan could very well easily, very easily, uh, be be the next um, uh, Ichiro Suzuki. I think that might I think that might be a little premature, but I'm telling you, if if Stephen Kwan keeps playing like he's playing. One of these days, he's going to be the next Ichiro Suzuki. He's going to be that player that's just really consistently good and a good hitter. He doesn't have to hit home runs and home runs and home runs and home runs if he's going to get on base and score runs and hit RBIs and, and play good defense and do the things that we want. Stephen Kwan could be very, very special. Make no mistake about it. Make no mistake about it that we have certain players on this team that have a great deal of potential. But the vast majority of this team is AAA. And the vast majority of this team could walk through a giant eagle unaccosted because no one knows who the hell they are. And you want us to remember the good times. But yet again, I repeat, without Jose Ramirez this morning, the only player from 2016 is Brian Shaw. And the average, the average casual fan not only doesn't know Brian Shaw very well, but if he came up and bit them on the nose, they probably still wouldn't know who it was. So, if you want us to remember the good times, you're going to have to create and sustain good times. The same players have to be here. Why do you think we were so upset about Kluber? Why do you think we were so upset about Bauer? We finally get good players, 
and they're gone. Why do you think we were upset about Carrasco? Why do you think we were upset about Brantley? We finally fell in love with some players again. Like we did with 95 and 97. Lofton, Vizquel, Bayer, Gabel, Murray, Tomi, Ramirez, Sorrento, Alomar. And Charlie Nagy on the mound. We actually had players that we were passionate about, and they were passionate about Cleveland. Hell, most of them still live here. Why, what was it, last week, Jim Tomey's wife says, well, we're going to have to give up our Brown season tickets. We're not going to support Deshaun Watson. And 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 here's here's something else. That, that I want to point out to you. The Browns, it, it wasn't good enough to have Baker Mayfield. Who, by the way, it wasn't his fault that Hugh Jackson sucked. It wasn't his fault that, uh, that Freddie Kitchen sucked. He tried his damnedest with Greg Williams. They went five and three, and he got shown the door inexplicably, and then you finally get Stefanski. They have a 12-win season, and then because of COVID and injuries, you're going to write him off. And along comes Deshaun Watson, and some of you suddenly get passionate about Brown's football. Do you see a correlation? Let's help you out. Deshaun Watson... Jose Ramirez. You are all gaga about Deshaun Watson because you're told that he is one of the best in the league. He's elite and he's a face and he's going to excite the media. Wow, pow, pow. But you weren't excited about Baker Mayfield, but all he did was take you to a 12-win season. Deshaun Watson hasn't, and he might not, do doodly squat. Well, here you have Jose Ramirez, who is a good, wholesome, wonderful human being, and he is the best third baseman in baseball. Inarguable. Anybody who has a brain sees that. We're grateful that he is he, he has resigned here. We're grateful that he has returned. But now is the time when, yes, I'm going to insist you need to upgrade and surround him with talent. Reward him. Don't Joe Thomas him. Okay? Don't, don't. Don't give him the Joe Thomas treatment. Don't give him the Dan Marino treatment. Congratulations. Thanks for staying. Now you're going to be the only player that anybody knows. No, 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 no. I'm not saying that there aren't uh, some of these players. I'm not saying that some of them won't uh, step up and suddenly be just amazing. I'm not saying that, that. It's entirely possible. What I am saying is... If you want a fan base, if you want to start selling out that stadium again, what you're going to have to do is you're going to have to fill those seats with casual fans. It's not going to be enough to 
to find the people who know Brian Shaw and, and Jose Ramirez, you have to fill those seats with casual fans. And you don't do that with beer, and you don't do that with special kid seating, and you don't do that with children with picket signs dancing on the dugout. You do that by having names that they are familiar with, that are synonymous with success and winning and longevity in Cleveland. You need to start signing players that people actually know, and you need to keep them. And you need to sustain success with the same players. Don't say, well, this guy is really good. It was nice to know him. Bye-bye. This guy was really good. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. And then, oh, well, this guy in the AAA, he's going to be really swell. Just you come out and watch him. People aren't going to do it. They want excitement. They want thrill. They want an escape from their, the, the world that is going on around them. War and, and COVID and, and, and poverty and, and everything else that's going on. Inflation and, and freaking truck convoys and whatnot. They want an escape. They want to feel like they're going to come to the game and see good people good, decent human beings who hit the living hell out of the ball and win the game. They don't want to watch a pitcher's duel and have Jose Ramirez go four for four and the rest of the team one for three and and play like doo-doo and say, well, hey, we went to watch baseball. If you want to if you want those kind of fans, you go look in the minor leagues because that's where you'll find them. People who love baseball just to love baseball are watching are watching the minor leagues. They're watching the Rubber Ducks, they're watching the Clippers, they're watching the Lake Erie Crushers, they're watching the Lake County Captains, they're out watching high school games and and college games. They're they are the ones who are baseball for baseball's sake. But if you want the sellouts, if you want to vibrate again, you need to start signing players that excite the fan base and then keep them. Is Jose Ramirez one of those players? You bet. Is the fact that he's going to be here for a long, long time a good thing? You bet. And that's going to excite this fan base. But don't think it abstains what the Dolans have done to this fan base with constant, constant fire sales. When there are only two players left from six years ago, the, 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 the World Series that we're supposed to win, remember so fondly, when there are only two left and one of them is more or less back on a minor league deal at the tail end of his career, and many of us weren't all that fond of him, and that's why he was gone in the first place, when, when that's the case, you're not going to bring in casual fans. So now you're getting some goodwill. Good for you. Keep Jose Ramirez. Don't try to push him out. Don't find a way to push him out. You keep him here. 
I don't care if you if he becomes Bobby Bonilla. You keep him here and you start surrounding him. If you think you've got some lottery tickets, some some AAA players that are just going to be magic, wonderful. You already know just by looking at the roster that there are some players that need to be upgraded. It, it, it's not it's not a slight on anyone. It's that Detroit, which looks like bombed out Baghdad, just went out and made a big signing. It's that the Minnesota Twins that have been crippled up there with cold weather, with with COVID out the yin yang, with uh you know with the riots that they had uh, due to the police shootings and whatnot. Um, there, uh, the Twins are a tinier fan base unless I'm mistaken, and they're out there acquiring this player and that player and this player and that player and this player and that player, you are going to have to keep up with with the rest of this division. Don't think just because we re-signed Jose Ramirez that we can just write off everything and just say, oh, okay, there it is, World Series, we're done. No, no. And don't think that just bringing work, uh, bringing Jose Ramirez back is going to be all it takes to fill the stadium. If you want sellouts, it's going to take more. Sorry. So sorry. It, you need to have players that people like me, well, quite frankly, kids like me, if you want to sustain it, you're going to have to have players that that people latch on to that they're here for many many years that they're successful for many many years and that they don't go anywhere you can't you can't do the one year rental and say well we made it to the wild card isn't that impressive well baker mayfield made it to the wild card isn't that impressive your answer was no so it needs to go that way with the baseball team too. And that's one other thing. That name change. Though that logo. God that logo. The name change it's it it soured a lot of people. You're gonna have to win them back. I know you don't want to believe that, but but uh, that's that's a reality, folks. The the name change soured a lot of people, and you're going to have to win those those people over if you want to fill the seats. And quite honestly, you're going to need a redo on that logo already, because it looks like Windows ninety five. Just saying. Ah, uh, but anyway, go Cleveland. Jose Ramirez, I am so excited you're going to be here for years to come. I hope that this ownership has good sense to surround you with major league talent and really make a run at things now. I hope that they 
realize that maybe it has nothing to do with the fan base at all, that players will very happily stay here with this fan base if they are paid appropriately. I hope that they see that and they do good things with it. I hope that this is the beginning of a beautiful friendship. Go Cleveland. Well, I can say this. Although I'm 100% behind uh, Jose Ramirez uh, being the the man on the Sherwin-Williams building, if it were up to me, I'd put Krista. <laughs> Good night, Krista. I love you, sweetheart. Good night, sweetheart. Well, it's time to go home. Good night, sweetheart. Well, it's time to go home. I hate to leave you, but I really must say, oh, good night.